Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Bite Show podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, standing in for LeGrand Jolly tonight. With me is my ever-loving co-host who looks like a man in armor with a red scarf from about 1625, Dale Count Elmdor Jones. How's it going there, Dale? That's me, man in armor with red scarf. I think I got the year wrong, though. What 1627. Year? 1627. I knew it was circa 1625. We'll just call it that and I can I can be right. Dale, Dale, how's it going? It's uh it's the end of May. It's like we're halfway through the year. Oh man, almost. Well we're we're five twelfths of the way through the Okay, year. wait, are we halfway through the year at the at the beginning of June or no. the end of June? At the at the end of June. At the end of June. Alright, never mind. I take it all back. I regret everything. But uh, you know, we've we've had almost half a year of playing some video games and we're not stopping. We're not stopping this this train with whatever this metaphor is. I'm not stopping it. We're going off the rails on the crazy train. Millions of people. Living as foes. Yeah, like they're playing video games. Uh, No, and we are playing some video games. And uh, since there's just the two of us, we have a decent chance of getting through this half hour episode in half an hour. I think we can do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Who, who should talk about their game this week? Uh, I think you should go first because it um, segues from the 1627 theme. It does. It does. We had some really good pre-show discussion about also, uh, art so, art history. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the video little, component little, of the... No, little up? Yeah, little yeah. down? Little, uh, 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 no, that's, now that's no. lascivious. <laughs> so we we talked a little bit about pre-Raphaelite paintings, and it got into uh, you know our favorite memes coming from art history, and uh, just kind of talking about some of the classier things. And that fits right into the game that I've been playing this week. Uh, I played something brand new. I actually came across this in the "What's New" section of my local mobile app store, the Google Play Store. And uh, it just, the art style grabbed me, and uh, I wanted to grab you too. I played Marginalia Hero, which is a, a fairly simple game by Crescent Moon Games, which is styled after old-timey medieval, like, paintings and, um, like, tapestries. Like, like that kind of art, where, um, <clears throat> say, an adventurer or a knight would be, you know, very flat art style. And, uh, you know, would maybe be walking through, I don't usually like hanging plants and vines and stuff, but mm-hmm. then there might be like a horse, but the horse doesn't really look like a horse. It kind of looks like kind of like the medieval approximation of a horse and where the face is, there's just like a round spot with like some eyes and like a, like a smiley face or something <laughs> like that. That's a, like, that's actually what the horse looks like in some of those old wall hangings and stuff. Then you might have bunny rabbits or there might be dragons and the dragons might be there's like a lot of snails. There's like a lot of rabbits and snails. There's and- like snails and unicorns yeah. and, and except the unicorns also like everything is just a little bit off. It's a little bit nice nightmarish actually but uh, marginalia here so marginalia is essentially the stuff that's in the margins of of like a like an ancient manuscript or you know it could it technically could be modern day marginalia just doodlings and things that you draw but but these are the things that would kind of illuminate the uh the margins of you know ancient texts you know they, they uh, would actually call it that like illuminations is what they would call them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the really fancy, I mean, they, they look fancy to us, but they're also kind of like very simple. I mean, art had not progressed to the point that, you know, they had like perspective, for example, or I don't know, realism. I don't think we've, I don't think we've come <laughs> to the realism era quite yet. Um, and, and marginalia hero is a very, very simple game that just 
kind of rides almost entirely on the art style, and I don't even mind it. Uh, what the game actually is, is you, you play as a uh, sort of golden locked, curly haired youth who is beset by fantastical creatures. Well, not only fantastical creatures, but, you know, snails like Dale mentioned or or bunnies or cats or dogs or things. And they eventually um, you, you encounter them in really no meaningful way. It's basically like you're on the screen and then there's a bunny rabbit or something. And the bunny rabbit is walking on two legs and I don't know, carrying a sword Do you or a move, shield or something um, like that. Like as, as though you're going through the pages of a book or something, maybe. No, no, you do not. So there are story panels that kind of use a little bit of animation, but the game itself is your character. And and as you progress through the game, you can unlock. So you get coins. I, I guess I should talk about how you interact first. So basically the entire game, I'll describe it to you right now. It's basically just there's a circle that that bounds the action, which is your character and the enemy. And, and maybe you have a little companion character with you. And the only thing that happens is there's a, a dagger or a sword or something that goes around the outside edge of the circle. And there are little targets and the targets get more or less difficult depending on the level of the enemy that you've encountered. So, for example, you start with the lowest of the low, the medieval snail. Uh, consider the, the lowly snail uh, to attack the snail. All you do is you have, you know, maybe one or two little targets that go around the outside edge and you just tap the screen. And depending on whether you tap the screen on rhythm, uh, which is probably where the hero comes from. So it's a little guitar hero esque, yeah. I guess um, you just tap it. And if you hit it right directly on, you get some coins. If you get it partially on you, you know, you you hit the target or you could miss and then the animal of whatever kind it is basically destroys you at that point it just starts attacking you and your hit points are very low um so even a lowly snail once it gets its you know once it gets its glorper on you um you don't stand a chance against that so that's basically it and every time you hit there's a little animation kind of like monty python-esque you know the the animations that they would do like your guy kind of like you know kind of tilts toward or kind of like you know, lurches toward the enemy and, you know, that counts as a hit. And when the enemy hits you, it kind of just like, you know, quivers or whatever. It just kind of like bumps up against you or whatever. And and until one of you falls off the screen, basically, and then and then you claim victory and there are coins that are awarded to you and you can maybe watch an ad or something to. So this is free to play. I guess I should mention that as well. Um, and the coins that you accumulate will allow you to purchase accoutrements, uh, either armor, which, uh, you know, again, are very, uh, almost like a paper doll. They'll just fit over the top of your character, but they're very, very period, uh, appropriate. In fact, the whole game is just very appropriately, um, it looks very, you know, medieval, uh, you know, marginalia <laughs> sort of yeah, illustrations. No, it, is, yeah. it is. And even, and even up close, like when you're looking at it, like there's, um, maybe like water stains or textures or or what have you and um and and just the way everything is drawn it's you know, like you can tell somebody spent a lot of time looking at that kind of drawing um so as you buy things they actually do change the the visual look of your character you might go from like your peasant clothing to like a nice cloak to maybe some armor um, your weapons start out as a stick, like you kind of have just like this little, you know, again, very appropriate little twig that you hit people with and, you know, they kind of fall off dead. Uh, you can get uh, shields and, and and each of these will do things like, um, you know, the enemy will have a certain number of hit points, like 20 or 30 or 40, and your weapon will have a certain number of hits that it will subtract 
with every successful attack, if that makes sense. Um, and the same goes for defense, although I've never been able to successfully withstand an attack. Um, you can basically keep going as long as you don't miss. As soon as you miss one, basically you're, you're dead. If there's, if there's some other way to play it, I, I don't know it. Um, but then you have these little companions that you can get, and there are a variety of things. There's like a weird-looking owl and like weird-looking cat, and there's a monkey named Duncan, and all he does is eat a cookie. He doesn't help you at all. But the other animals and the other companions will do things like um, give you coins every 1.5 seconds or... Uh, you know, take off a hit point from the enemy every two seconds or something like that. So you get these little incremental um, benefits or, or, or advantages. Um, but, uh, but ultimately, the game is pretty much just like tapping. Like, that's all there is to it. But it's, it's challenging enough because the targets will do different things like wobble back and forth or they'll disappear or blink out so that just as soon as you hit one, you can kind of see the other one for a brief moment. So they kind of do things to try and trick you. And it's just enough of a challenge that I have found it that in conjunction with the art, which is just very, very charming. I would almost recommend that you download this and just try it out for a few minutes just to appreciate the art. Because, um, I mean, that really is, I think, what the game, that, that's what stands out. This mechanic could be in any other game and it would be terrible, like worthless. But because it's part of Marginalia Hero the way it is, um, the, the very, very simple gameplay doesn't really bother me. And in fact, I've even found myself just like tolerating some ads just to get some more coins so that I can. Ads? You know, I, what? Yeah, like, you, yeah. It's, and, and actually, I'm going to say Marginalia Hero is very liberal with the ads. Um, is there any, so you can, is, there, is there a way to like pay a buck and not have any ads? Yes. Yeah. So there is a no ads and I think it's more like five bucks, which, you know, and, and I think we've maybe talked about this a little bit, or maybe it was me and Jared, where if, if they give you something for free, like you can, you can, you can pay for something if you really like it. I mean, there's no shame in that. Yeah. And something like this, I think deserves at least a little bit of, I mean, you can walk by somebody on the street who draws drawings like this and throw them a couple bucks. Right. Um, this, this, this game, you know, is probably worth, you know, four or five dollars. I mean, they don't shout at me about like you know? buying some kind of thing or like getting a reverse mortgage or some kind of crap. Yeah. 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 So, the, so they do. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ads and it's for all manner of things. Um, but like I said, I found myself charmed by the art style. Uh, the gameplay is like really not anything to write home about. Um, but, like I said, you know, the art kind of kept me going to the point where I mean, yeah, and everything everybody's had a game like that, where it's like this game is really terrible, but I'm going to kind of keep playing it and see if I can, you know, you know, oh, how yeah. games do. Yeah, they, that's, they that's do most that. games. It, it, it kind of is most games. Um, so Marginelli Hero definitely stands up uh, from from that standpoint. And again, free to play on both Android and iOS. Uh, and like I said, I think you can buy out of it for something like five bucks. And, um, like I said, it is, it is worth trying out. Um, the, uh, the, the thing is that if you fail enough and that there are like boss fights, boss encounters and things like that, if you fail enough, it'll make you watch an ad as a punishment. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of a bummer, but, uh, generally speaking, not too bad. Marginalia hero. Um, that's I would, some medieval punishment. It is. They're going to get medieval on your eyeballs with some right. ads. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Well, For you know, sounds. stay in, stay in with the uh, program here. Um, mm -hmm. I've been playing a game called Gothic 2. Um, Ooh, it's literally named after one of the periods of history. Uh, yes. Or, or is it an art style? Uh, I think it's an architectural style primarily. Yes. And it's just a, a term that people use also. Yeah. Plus, like everybody wore black and got tattoos and like, yeah. We're also, really fun fact, the language that people speak in uh, Warhammer 40,000 is known as Gothic. There's Imperial Gothic and High Gothic. Well, that's cute. Yeah, the more Latin I mean, it sounds, the more high gothic it is. Uh, so the game, gothic, 
uh, Gothic two actually is a, I want to, I'm trying to pick a time frame. I, it's, it was an RPG series. I think there were three in the Gothic series. Um, and they probably came out like sort of in between 2006 or seven and 2010 or something. Um, uh-huh. so that's kind of what you're, you're dealing with here. Um, I don't actually have steam open to refer to the, to the store page. And if I opened it, it might try to steal audio or something. So, uh, but basically, yeah, what you're looking at here is a PC role-playing game franchise, um, you know, about 10 years old or probably a little bit older than that, actually, because the, because this Gothic two, I would say is like pre Witcher one quality of, um, presentation here. Um, okay, so it's so it's 3D or oh yeah, it's 3D. It's like um, I would say in in terms of so if we go by Elder Scrolls, right? I would say <laughs> it's like maybe closer to Morrowind than Oblivion uh, or or like okay. Skyrim or something. So it's, right. that probably puts it in like a mid 2000s. But the, then it's also like European, so um, you know maybe they're like a year or two behind the cutting edge. Right. Um, but anyway, it is a sort of, it's, it's a PC RPG from that sort of storied era of um, like, I guess when, if you're familiar with RPGs, right, there was this period in which um, all the good ones from Japan had dried up. It seemed like, and there were only a few good ones that were coming out from Western studios at the same time, because what had happened was like a lot of the Western studios had started to focus on consoles and you were getting things like, um, Knights of the Old Republic or like, uh, what was that ancient Chinese flavored one? Jade empire. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stuff like that from like major studios. Right. Cause like, cause by this time the Baldur's gates had all, come and gone <laughs> and even fallout right. was gone right? They, right it was fallout 3 had yet to come out um uh and even indeed i think the first witcher game had yet to come out uh which that series wasn't even a hit until well the third one really people really liked the second one but it wasn't like a big hit until the third right one. um but anyway i digress uh, what we got here is a so it's a european flavored western rpg and so it um Looks, I mean, it looks bad. It looks really dated by this point, right? The, there is, um, voice acting and writing, which is really bad and, and badly performed. Uh, and there's a weird, um, control scheme. So it's, it's played like a sort of third person close in, but not, not over the shoulder exactly. Um, but sort of close in. Um, I guess kind of like a Gears of War or something. Uh, but a little bit zoomed, just a little bit far out, out on that um and much like the first witcher game actually it's that was a game that was a little bit zoomed out of that sort of re4 gears of war sort of perspective um but the it they seem like they constructed this game with the idea that you would play it only with a keyboard uh which is a little bit odd um I mean, it was kind of in that middle era because, I mean, even even The Witcher didn't really use mouse all that much, The, right? the Witcher did use a mouse, but it used it in this, like, weird rhythm-based yeah, combat Yeah, like the combat was like way, you would... Which yeah. was very interesting, and, and they did not do that for the subsequent games, but um, that, was, that was definitely a thing. Uh, so The Witcher was... The first Witcher game was really interesting because you could play it either from 
like the Diablo style perspective or the like over the shoulder perspective. And they ditched that like far out Diablo style perspective for um, ladder games. Gothic, or at least Gothic 2, because I don't have the first game and apparently you can't buy the first game anymore. Oh, really? Uh, and it's available as part of the package. If you if you were to go on Steam and like look at the Gothic package, you could get um, all three games in the series for one price. But you can't just go and buy the first one alone. And I checked a, a bunch of different sites because it's just kind of out of curiosity. Like I wasn't actually planning to, to get it or anything. Uh, but yeah, it's like unavailable unless you have the, the package for the series, which That's is interesting, which is kind of strange, isn't it? I, I think I've seen that before with one or two games. Like uh, what was it? Maybe I don't think it was Elite, but like imagine if if you like bought Elite Dangerous and you got the first Elite for free. But then yeah. but you weren't able to actually go and buy the Yeah, first but elite. then you can't buy it on its own. That that actually is kind of weird. That, there's been a couple of instances where that was the case. Um and I don't remember what they are now, but but yeah. Um so anyway, it's so Gothic 2, when you first started up, you are treated to a little uh exposition dump um in which you're basically shown like what I guess much must be the end of the first Gothic game, where your your character um, I'm given to understand like defeats a demon and then is uh, trapped in the rubble of the falling, you know, castle or whatever. Um, and then, so you're, you're apparently rescued by this guy who's like your mentor. And um, he has, he's a, he's a wizard, but he's like overstepped some bounds. And so now he's uh, exiled and uh, the rest of the wizards want to come and, hunt him down and it's better if they think he's dead right it's that sort of situation um and he he tells you all this stuff and then says you have to go to the to the city nearby and um hire some paladins and then you got to go and get this MacGuffin. and (laughs) and so you're sent on your way to do a quest right and uh so but basically what you find is that you are in control of uh of this you know paper doll avatar where you can go and like find um Weapons and armor, you know, like an RPG, and um, it it seems pretty interesting in terms of like uh, gameplay, just right out of the gate, because they kind of do that thing where they set you out uh, into what feels like a more or less open world. Um, and I didn't get all that far away from the starting zone before I died, and I'd forgotten to to save. Uh, I don't oh. know if it was a quick save, and I hadn't done a manual save in like ten minutes. And I was like, "Oh, scrap! I don't want. I don't want to do that again." Um, but <laughs> so was that the end of it, or what? Yeah, that was. But, but at this, <laughs> by this point, I had I'd tried that a couple of times, and um, I'd played for like eh, about forty five minutes or so. But it, um, I was having a, a you know decent amount of fun, like walking around, exploring, and like fighting wolves. Oh, so it's got this um, this combat system where you you are you're just walking around the world. And then you draw your weapon to go into to combat phase, right? Um, and if I remember right, what I had to do was hold down the mouse button to remain, quote unquote, in combat, and then hit your WASD direction keys or Q and E to do like thrusts and and parries and side slashes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, does it does it does it make a difference when you do one of, any yeah, one of those things? Yeah, it, I mean, really it's different okay. animations and different like I guess frame counts or whatever. Uh, and okay. so I have to assume that, you know, certain enemies will uh, be hurt more if you stab them or swipe them to the right or whatever it is. Um, 
And so it seems like it's doing some kind of interesting things, like uh, I guess was probably going on at large in the like RPG industry of, of the concurrent time, you know, because like they're trying to to basically just come up with something new, I suppose, because this is definitely after the sort of isometric era, like like I said, like the right. Infinity Engine stuff. Um, well, and and more and more when when computers started to get more powerful, people wanted to do more actiony things, yeah. right? Three like D action was a big thing, and out of this period is when you got things like um, oh, what is it? Neverwinter Nights, Neverwinter Nights. That's the three D one, yeah. right? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and then uh, actually the the first Witcher game is based on that Neverwinter Nights engine. Uh, this is also when the Elder Scrolls started to after Morrowind had come out. Um, people were really into that series because it was 3D, expansive, freedom, you know, open world sort of stuff. Um, but I don't know. Boil it all down. It seems like what's going on here is pretty cool. I just think it's extremely dated. I don't think it really holds up because the quality of the writing was certainly nothing to write home about. And mm. the just sort of odd it, – it's in that sort of like – gangly era so like if this genre is a, is a human being right like this is the teenage <laughs> years when it's all that doesn't quite know what to do with all its limbs yeah exactly um but uh, it was definitely interesting to check out well it's funny the developer i noticed so it's a it's a company called well it was formerly known as piranha, piranha bites. bites yeah and uh they did they basically only did gothic all the way up until 2006 and then they did the Risen series. That's right. Risen was the thing. And yeah, actually Risen, the first Risen must have been like 2009 or something. So Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And then 2012, Risen 2, and then 2014, Risen mm-hmm. 3. And so I remember when uh, those were coming out that like the legacy of, of the developer was that they had done the Gothic series. So mm. yeah. Yeah, they uh they did something in 2017 called Elex, E-L-E-X. I am not familiar with that, but apparently it was on yeah, I don't know what that is. PlayStation either. 4, Windows, and Xbox One. So, yeah, I don't know. It sounds They're like it's probably in, uh, like an ethereal uh, puzzle platformer or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, something something kind of boring. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, that's, you know, that's not too bad. I, um, I wonder, are there any reasons that you can think, even for maybe historical purposes? Because sometimes a game is worth playing because you can kind of see the lineage and, and it's yeah. kind of good to know, like, oh, yeah, that's kind of where this came from. Or, or yeah, I mean, I think, it's, little family I think tree. it's probably worth checking out if you're just sort of weirdly interested in the evolution of a, of a genre, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of why I, I think I probably picked this up in some steam sale a long time ago or something. Um, just basically on word of mouth that, Hey, that Gothic series is kind of interesting. You check that out. Right. Right. So kind of in the same way that you can look at something like uh, marginalia hero and be like, Oh yeah, that's where that art style eventually now, now we have, I don't know, Ziggy comics or something. That's kind of see the, the family history. I don't know. I just no. Ziggy, Ziggy didn't. The, the Ziggy. Re, that's the only Ziggy reference I've ever made on this show. I uh, when I was in sixth grade, I had uh, created my own superhero based on Ziggy. He was called Zigman. Wow! And, uh, I made a comic strip for the school newspaper. Got the, the cease class, and desist from the class newspaper. Man, so I, I did Zigman, like and then my my friend at the time, like my best friend at the time, he did Zagman. And, uh, but, but Zagman was this like ripped ninja <laughs> and then <laughs> no relation. <laughs> so I made this character, uh, to go along with them called LaSalle and it was like all in, in all capital letters is L-A-S-A-L. And his deal was that he had like lasers on, he didn't have hands. He had these like 
gun hands like Mega Man wow. or something that like you know what Dale? I'm going to give you some business advice. I'm going to say if you can capture <laughs> that art and that idea, you you too can make it into a tap based action game with very little depth, yep. but people will still fall in love with it because they can't they can't do without Zigman, Zagman, yeah. and LaSalle. And well, so Zigman had a dog also, but I don't remember his name now. The dog wore a cape, obviously. Of, of course, of course, the dog wore a cape. Of course. Folks, of course, that is going to be the end of this episode of the Game Bite Show podcast. I want to thank you for joining us for our gaming this week. Uh, if you'd like to tell us about the games that you've been playing, or if you also have some thoughts about medieval art or the terrible things that came from it, uh, let us know all about that. You can find us on social media at Game Bite Show. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. And I am at Count Elmdor. You can also find our podcasting compatriots. Legrand Jolly is at Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E. And Jared Redidon is at R-E-D underscore I. You can find Jared's uh, work over at twitch.tv slash Show. This past week, we played the newly out of out of early access or out of beta version of Dauntless, the Monster oh, yeah. Hunter alike sort of game. We tried the cross platform and uh, you play that on the few- Epic Store. Uh, yeah, Jared was on PC and I was on PS4 and uh, everything works great. Oh, wow. It's uh, real good. Yeah, just so play, in the same right? way that Fortnite works. It is, yeah. So if you, you know, just want a broader audience of friends to play with or, you know, maybe you just don't want to pay for, a, you know, the real deal like Monster Hunter, go uh, go try out Dauntless. I, it's I guess I should decent. probably uninstall the, like, client that I have now because it probably doesn't work anymore. Yeah, they've moved it over completely into Epic. And if you want to see, you know, if it's worth playing or even worth doing, getting that far into it, uh, just go check out our archive at youtube.com slash show. It got uploaded there and you can see what kind of fun we had and uh, kind of kind of uh, tough guys we are when the chips are down and the monsters are, uh, are around. That's us. Uh, but you can also find us over at GameBiteShow.com. Find our back catalog of podcasts, a sidebar of video content. Also, links to our Discord server. Come join us there. Talk to us about video games and uh, make sure to scope out some freebies and other good times that uh, we find there at the GameBite Show Discord. Folks, we will be back in just a few days to talk to you about the news, the new releases, and a special topic of video game discussion. Until then, this has been your Game Bite Show podcast. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Be seeing you. Forsooth. Sounds.